live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Harmon will probably try to swim it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble at midfield. They tried to do a couple of... The ball is still loose as they get it to Rodgers. They give it back now to the 30. They're down to the 20. Oh, the band is out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to go the Bears. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Oh, my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. Yes, you heard it right. The band was on the field. That is one of the most iconic plays in the history of college football. Humor me here now, friends. And that play and that rivalry now belong to the ACC. That's right. That was Cal-Stanford, the band game from 1982 when Cal took the kickoff and it looked like they were going to lose to Stanford. And they started lateraling the ball and lateraling and lateraling. And it looked like it was down and dead. And then it was scooped up and returned And the Stanford band was already coming onto the field to play in joyous celebration for the Cardinal win. And the Cal player, whose name escapes me, literally ran over the tuba guy into the end zone and Cal won the game. One of the most iconic plays in college football history and one of the biggest rivalries. And it now belongs to the ACC. I think you can tell where I'm headed with this and my direction on the news that broke this morning that the ACC has voted in favor of adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU to the ACC, which will give them 18 teams, 17 football, 18 teams beginning next year and puts them on the landscape of the power conferences now with the Big 12, the SEC, and the Big Ten. It probably still doesn't give them the money that those conferences have, but it does put them in the conversation and in the picture. And I, for one, after much reflection and much thought on this, I'm actually okay with this. I actually think there are more reasons this makes sense than there are reasons that don't. The biggest one of those obviously being geography, But as we move along this afternoon, I think I can even poke a few holes in that one as we forward our discussion about what will be a new expanded ACC beginning next year. We don't even have to wait very long for it. It will happen beginning in 24-25. And we don't have to wait for our first guest to talk about it. And sometimes we just luck out because we asked David Teal a couple of days ago to come on this afternoon primarily to start previewing Virginia and Virginia Tech and ACC football and even our other Commonwealth teams like a James Madison, Richmond, William & Mary Liberty, all of that. And maybe we'll get to that with David, but certainly – The thrust of our conversation will be on this morning's breaking news and the expansion 
of the ACC, and it has been a very busy day for said Mr. Teal. Not only has he gotten a column out on Richmond.com, go out and read that one, but he's been on several sports talk shows today already. I know that uh, from having followed what's been happening in the last 12 hours or so. So, David, thank you very much for the time this afternoon. Really appreciate you coming on with us. Hope all is well with you in what has been a very turbulent opening week of the college football season. The Atlantic Coast Conference, Bob, now stretches from Virginia to Stanford and Cal Berkeley. (laughs) I don't think they're going to rename it, right? I think it's going to stay the Atlantic Coast Conference. Atlantic Pacific Coast Conference just doesn't roll off the tongue, and most of us call it just ACC anyway. So I don't think that part of it is going to matter. I mean, come on now. The Big 12 has 16 teams, so that doesn't make sense. The Big 10 has 16 teams, so that doesn't make sense. So what's in a name? Anyway, what happened here, David? What what convinced, do you think, North Carolina State, which was the final school that had to flip to the approval side, what happened to flip their vote on this this morning? More money. Hmm. That, okay. That, that, <laughs> that's that, that's the only explanation. As, as Jim Phillips told us on a media call a few hours ago, the proposal that was voted on today was different than the proposal that was parsed, I guess, before the straw poll of a couple of weeks ago. And, Bob, let's be clear. Under normal realignment expansion circumstances, this never happened. But Stanford and Cal were so desperate that they agreed to take a sliver of ACC television revenue for the next decade. And SMU agreed to take none for seven to nine years, Mm -hmm. which when you combine with ESPN's obligation to to pay a per-school increase, to the ACC of about, oh, 22 to $25 million a year, that generates, oh, about $75 million for the ACC to divvy up among the current membership as it sees fit. And that doesn't include what new money they may get I think that's a little longer than a David Teal pregnant pause. There he is. I think we, you dropped out on us for just a second there, Dave. Oh, sorry about that. There but you go. You're good. All, all those economics aside, the fact that this wasn't unanimous weeks ago seems to me to indicate that this is not a no-brainer economic game changer. If it were, they all would have jumped on board. This is not going to get them in the neighborhood of the SEC and the Big Ten. Is it going to draw them closer? Sure. How much closer, we're not going to know for years. Mm-hmm. But but I feel, David, like, like the ACC had to do this 
to compete to whatever degree with those other conferences. And in this case, there were two schools that made it easier to poach, if you will, because Stanford and Cal had nowhere else to go. We, we know the Pac-12 is going to poof, disappear here in a year. So I, there are a lot of things to me that actually, the more I think about it, they make sense other than geography. And I do think you can handle that in this day and age. And here's what I would say to you. And that is, you got to kind of be thinking 2024 and not 1994. To your point of, if this had been normal realignment and expansion, it never would have happened. No, you you make very valid points, Bob. And Jim Phillips talked at great length today about mitigating the travel for both football and men's basketball plus the Olympic sports. And they've done some pretty deep dives on that. They, they think they can uh, handle that part of it. Again, we'll have to see over the years and we'll have to hear from the athletes themselves as to whether they object to this. But Cal and Stanford, as currently constructed, offer nothing to the ACC in football and men's basketball. So the Methodist footballs is on the uptick. Four consecutive winning seasons. SMU and Alabama and Ohio State are the only programs in the country to average at least 35 points a game in the last four years. That's pretty impressive. But, you know, for a league that it only had five NCAA tournament teams the last two years for a league that's missed the college football playoff the last two years. These additions don't move the needle a great deal. David, do you think the presidents were a little bit enamored here by the academic side of this, that, you know, it doesn't move the needle either when it comes to finances and championships, but Aren't these kind of like institutions with many of the ACC, quote-unquote, academic institutions? One hundred percent. There is no doubt. And I found it interesting, Bob, just looking at bios of the ACC presidents, that four of them who voted in favor of this attended either Cal or Stanford. <laughs> and that and that includes that includes Virginia Tech's Tim Sands, who has his bachelor's, master's, and PhD from Berkeley. <laughs> How about that? That's really good digging. Uh, there and it also brings a lot of really good Olympic sports to the table. Again, I'm getting past the money part of this, and even mm-hmm. a little bit of the geography part, because I, I just think there are enough smart people at the table that they're going to figure that out. But these are schools that have excelled in a wide variety of sports across the board. Bob, in the last decade, ACC teams have won 51 NCAA team championships. Stanford and Cal in the last decade, just between the two of them, have won 40. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, that's that's really very very impressive. Catching up with David Teal here uh, from the Times Dispatch, Richmond dot com on the on the big story of the day, and that is it's finally been done. Cal Stanford SMU coming to the ACC beginning um, beginning next year. And and isn't the onus? And I know in, you, in the story you just wrote, Cal Stanford have said you know it's only going to minimally affect our travel and all of that. But isn't the onus on them anyway because they're going to be coming our way. Way more than the schools that are currently in the league are going to go the other way. There could even, and I'm talking football, men's, and even women's basketball, there could even be some years when they don't go out there at all pending on the schedules. And at the most, they'd go out there maybe one time a year. And I would Pollyannishly make the argument that I think that's a good thing for student athletes. This is like taking one of those summer trips to Europe that these these kids never would have gotten the opportunity to ever do, and there will be a faction of them that would have never ever gotten to the West Coast to see you know San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland, Cal, and Stanford. Well, they'll probably only stay in the hotel and they <laughs> That's true. That's true. Good point. Good point. But, I would get to see a little bit more. I would be excited about that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good point. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure those of us who uh, have to worry about travel budgets are, are real concerned about that or are real uh, uh-huh. happy. About that. But. Yeah, there you go. We're back. It just uh, you hit it. We hit a dead spot there for about five seconds. Now you're good. Okay. Um, I, and we'll finish up with you, Dave. I know you got you got other other things on the plate here. I want to get a quick comment on the start of the, the ACC college football season this weekend um, as well. Uh, so, y- what do you think overall here? Now you mentioned at the outset of our conversation, you know where this places the ACC, and was any of there some forethought in this that? All right, we still got to deal with Florida State. We still got to deal with Clemson, and who knows what they're thinking down the road here. That's exactly right, and 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 here we are, opening weekend, and Florida State's got a dicey game mm-hmm. Sunday night in Orlando against LSU, and then Clemson does not have a walkover Monday night in Durham against the Duke team that was 9-4 and four last year and returns, I believe, 18 starters. So very curious. You know, here the Knowles and the Tigers are, both top 10, both looking at playoff contention and very difficult openers for both. Absolutely. No doubt about it. All right, let me finish up with you, David, and let's zero back in on, on our schools, Virginia and Virginia Tech. Um, what do you think it's going to be like for UVA playing this first uh, football game since last year's tragedy? They are huge underdogs and what they can do uh, to be competitive uh, high noon Saturday against Tennessee in Nashville, and then how important it is for Virginia Tech to win this first game, sold-out Lane Stadium, against a team in Old Dominion that they should beat, which is what we said a year ago, and it didn't happen down in Norfolk. Yeah, Norfolk has not been kind to Virginia Tech football (laughs) to to, uh, put not too fine a point on it. But the Hokies have handled the Monarchs in Blacksburg on both occasions and would think tomorrow follows the same script. The Cavaliers, um, it's unimaginable to me the emotions that the young people and the staff 
and everyone associated with UVA athletics will be experiencing, not only tomorrow, but then a week from tomorrow when the Cavs play their first home game mm-hmm. against yep. James Madison. Uh, just, I, I just can't fathom what everyone will be thinking and feeling. And, and I think those feelings and emotions will be all over the map, depending mm-hmm. on the individual, because we all process grief so differently. Absolutely. I mean, just fascinating times on so many levels and so many fronts uh, moving forward. Uh, David, thank you, as always, so much on a breaking news day such as this one, plus with college football now underway. Always appreciate your perspective and look forward to crossing paths and catching up with you with more conversation. Thank you. Sounds great, Bob. Enjoy the opener tomorrow against Morgan State. Will do. Thank you, David. David Teal, Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. And again, uh, this has been going on since about 7.30 this morning, uh, if memory serves me correctly. And he's got uh, articles up on Richmond.com and in the Richmond Times Dispatch. And he's been on several other uh, sports talk shows to include ours. So we greatly appreciate uh, his time and thoughts this afternoon as well. And look, I got more thoughts on this. I really do. I've really bought in to this whole thing today. And, you know, AJ said this to me when we came just before we came on the air today. And this has not been one of his favorite topics that he's made. You've made that very clear, but I thought you you had the most poignant point of all. Well, now something has actually happened. So let's talk about it. For the last 3 weeks, nothing had happened and we've been talking about it. Now at least something has happened. So you're giving me the green flag to talk about it, right? Oh, yeah, man. Look, I'll even talk about golf if it's relevant to, you know, I just Redundant stories get old for me, especially even the NBA. I don't like redundant stories, but this one, like, it was a lot of talk, and it here was. we are. This is huge. It is correct. All right. Um, and I will tell you, this is one that Matt and I differ on. And this goes back to actually kind of our, our predictions of what was going to happen. He steadfastly said it wasn't going to happen. And I said the longer this thing goes on and the more they call meetings to the table, the more a chance it has of happening. Although I wavered and said at the end, I still don't think it necessarily is going to happen. But I'm, I'm leaving the door open. And that door got kicked open today. So I'll give you some more thoughts on this as we move along this afternoon. Here's where else we're going on the Friday Sports Huddle. 